local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday, July the 28th. Uh, here at the studios of Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 12.40. And just uh, quickly, uh, all the NFL teams now are in camp. That's 32 of them. And hopefully we'll have... Uh, Information with the Saints, Michael Thomas uh, did practice yesterday. Yeah, it was good to see him. Yes, it was. He's on the pup list, but I think uh, I'm sure that determination is going to be done soon. To he he did off. individual drills, from what I understand, not necessarily any contact or team drills. All right. Speaking of New Orleans, uh, Media Day continued uh, yesterday over in New Orleans at the Sheraton Hotel as uh, UL head football coach Mike Desimo uh uh, talked to the media yesterday about his team. Uh, of course, first-time head coach. We'll have a little bit of that uh, through the course of the morning uh, and probably even tomorrow morning, uh, splices of uh, what he had to say and all. Elsewhere in Major League Baseball, man, the Mets sweep the Yanks. Yeah, wow. I, I watched three games predominantly yesterday, um, the Padres game, the uh, White Sox game, and uh, the Yankee game. Uh-huh. As a friend of mine's a Padre fan, so uh, we we tend to watch those games and the White Sox. Cubs didn't play yesterday, and the you know the Andy Rizzo, uh, Andy Anthony Rizzo with the the Yankees, former Cub. So I've been watching a lot of that. All three of those games ended in walk offs for the team I was rooting against. Okay, so the Mets won. The Mets won. Uh, the <laughs> Padres lost to the Tigers, and the White Sox lost after taking a late, late lead. Gave up a couple of runs uh, in the bottom of the ninth inning as they were at, uh, I can't even remember where they were at now, come uh, to think of it. I think they were, well, I know they were in San Diego. They were playing, and the Mets had their whites on, so uh, they were playing probably. No, the Mets were at home against the yeah, Yankees, okay. yes. I'm trying to remember where the White Sox were uh, yesterday afternoon. Uh, can't believe I, Colorado, they were in Okay, all right, uh, at the Rockies. uh yeah. Yeah, in the meantime, also, the Phillies swept the Braves, mm. uh, unbeknownst after being, to me. After being swept by the Cubs, they go and sweep a good team. That's yes. pretty impressive. Um, amazing. Anyway, back to the NFL training camps. All 32 teams are underway uh, to begin to gel over the coming days. They prepare for next month's preseason. And how it works, you ask, well, this ramp-up period includes two-a-days. Scrimmages, weight training, team meetings uh, gives fans a chance to see their favorite players. And, you know, new additions, the Saints have a few in uh, a low-intensity environment. Uh, Days one through three, uh, no contact. Days four to five, helmets and light practice gear. Day six, mandatory day off. Day seven, fully padded, practices begin. The intrigue, the NFL wants to make uh, training camp a bigger deal and more marketable event. So they're promoting July 30th. As opposed to actually getting ready for the season. Yeah, right. You know. (laughs) With games. Meanwhile, the first day, uh, most teams are back in pads, uh, back together Saturday. The NFL Network is planning 13 hours of live coverage, and we'll have all uh, reporters at all 32 camps. ESPN will also have expanded coverage. Teams are ramping up activities to make it more friendly, or family and friendly, I should say, uh, event, ranging from autograph signings to uh, spectator nights. And uh, if you want to go deeper, you can probably go pull up the NFL site and then find out more about 
all 32 training sites or individually what your team is uh, going through right now. So, uh, as we mentioned, just a little lightning quick. Mets sweep uh, uh, the Yanks with Sterling Marte's walk-off single help uh, the uh, Metropolitans, as their full name is, uh, to beat the Yankees in a quick two-game series at City Field. And shortly after the loss, the Yankees acquired Andrew, and I want to say that it's Benintendi yes. uh, from the Royals. Also, uh, there was some concern about trading for him because he's not vaccinated, and okay. the Yankees could potentially play Toronto in the postseason, if if not yet the rest of the regular season. They probably have the Blue Jays; they're in the same division uh, at some point. And I know um, a couple of weeks ago they were suggesting, at least, that the Yankees were souring on the deal because uh, he wouldn't be able to travel to Canada. But apparently, they got over it. Yeah. Thank goodness the Expos moved. Uh, they're now in Washington. Meanwhile, a uh, Brittany Griner update. Uh, the Biden administration has offered a deal to Russia aimed at bringing home uh, the young lady. Uh, uh, Brittany Griner and another jailed American, Paul Whelan, uh, will go deeper in that uh, maybe an, another time. But uh, Yeah, I'm not sure uh, what Whelan uh, was accused of, why he was detained, but... They're giving up an arms trafficker for someone who may or may not have accidentally carried cannabis oil. Correct. It's a not a, exactly a fair exchange, but again, I'm not sure what Whelan uh, did and why he's being detained in Russia. Yeah, and it's amazing that, um, well, you just don't know what other countries, uh, when you journey into their domain, what they're going to do. So anyway, but I'm sure it has some politics in part, and, too. And again, it was... I think it was just before the Ukraine war broke out or just after. I want to say just before. You're correct. But they were ramping up. Yes. And you should have had your ducks in a row heading to a place. Anytime you're heading to a place like Russia or China, you better have your ducks in a row, let alone a country that's ramping up for war. That's right. Anyway, Mike Trout uh, update. Looking for a pond. Yeah. Trout's been mentioned in trade uh, deals, but... uh, he left a game back in July with uh, spasms, and he's been diagnosed with a pretty rare uh, back condition, so he may need to uh, manage uh, the rest of his career. Interesting. Also, Notre Dame reveals an all-new, uh, all-white uniform in a fun video that plays homage to the hangover. So uh, I, I did play that yesterday during Tesh you? Matters. <laughs> I, it was pretty amusing, and, and if you're familiar with the movie The Hangover, uh-huh. you know these guys uh, sort of get lost uh, in a hangover in Las, in a Las Vegas, state, in Thailand, drug, and, um, and yeah. somewhere else, too. There were three places. Well, uh, the, the original was just Vegas. Yes, with but, the tiger. But, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, it's pretty funny stuff. Uh, if you're familiar with that, um, and they do a pretty good job with it, uh, coach and a couple of players. Yeah, you're right. In the meantime, uh, of course, I uh, got a little text here uh, that Whelan was accused of espionage. So, okay. Uh, there you go. Well, it's getting a little bit more balanced. Yeah, trade then, you're right. You know. Yeah, you're correct. Anyway, uh, the machine, uh, Albert Pujols, it's uh, 686 last night. He's 14 away from 700, which uh, it's a, a, a small uh, group there, a small class is uh, Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, and uh, Babe Ruth are the only major leaguers to hit 700 home runs in their lifetime. Can Albert make it? He's got approximately uh, – what, maybe about 60, 65 games he, left? He'd have to be playing more games Yeah, than he's, he's, the pace he's been doing. But, boy, I'd like to see it. Of all those guys who I would have loved to have seen Willie Mays do it, too. Yeah, but, Mays uh, was short but, about uh, 40. All the ones who have done it, 
uh, really, Pujols uh, seems like he's the guy who uh, yeah. did it the best way. He's got to hit 14 homers in the next uh, 60, 65 games. It's not impossible, but uh, not probable. Anyway, uh, another news. So uh, we'll see how that. And I saw where the, a judge put a restraining order to her here in a lightning round, uh, basically saying that uh, he's going to hold off on a lot of those rules with the horse racing and uh, see what happens to, to debate that in that regard. So uh, we'll see how that's uh, going to take off. Also, uh, tonight's the 87th congressional baseball game played between teams of the Democrats and the Republicans. It's tonight on, I think, on Fox uh, Network 2. And by the numbers, the Democrats are looking to tie up the all-time series. The Republicans lead uh, 43-42-1. and In terms of talent, this year's game truly looks like a toss-up. Uh, you know, the, the you, Democrats don't have their dominant pitcher from New Orleans. That's anymore. right, Richmond. That's right, yeah. Richmond's a, now, Yeah, he's in the. Uh, he was in the Biden administration, then he moved on to yeah. something else. But you know, the the Republicans had a big, uh, big time pitcher better than Richmond when Jim Bunning was pitching that's for true. the that's Republicans true. back in the day after he'd retired from uh, Major League Baseball back in the. Uh, I want to say Bunning was through back in the late '60s, early '70s, and of course Jim Bunning through a perfect game and a no-hitter in the American League. So, perfect game in the National League. So, Bunning, uh, when he took the mound, uh, the, the National League dominated. I think it's just a three-inning game, too. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Hopefully, uh, nobody uh, is terrorized this year. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. So, we'll find out that'll play up. Uh, anyway, uh, so, pretty much uh, the lightning rounds uh, in that regard, uh Camp is going on for the Saints. Uh, Michael Thomas practice. Not sure about Davenport, but uh, also some quick little notes here, Jeff. Um, home runs, walks, and strikeouts in the major league games of baseball. You know, you know, it's dominated by the home runs, strikeouts, walks. Uh, for the first time since 2005, uh, all three are down. Teams only hitting a little over 1.08 homers a game this year, down from 1.22 last year while striking out. 8.35 times down from 8.68 and walking 3.11 down from 3.25 and uh, plenty of theories uh, but the three stand out above uh, all home runs decrease could be a universal you know the, they've deadened the balls a little bit too. well that, that was the accusation early on and then uh, all of a sudden hey, the ball is a little more livelier after they were complaining about a, a dead ball early on in the season Things uh, livened up a little bit, but still numbers uh, below. Well, they, they, the theory is they got mixed up some with some older juice balls. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> anyway, last year is what I'm referring to. Walks, pitchers fear home runs less, but they also fear putting the ball in the strike zone less. So, uh, we'll see how that of comes into play. Pitchers are walks. complaining about uh, balls that are too slick. And, and not only that, but they get ready for the robotic strike zone in the years to come. They keep talking about it. Uh, strikeouts, the sticky stuff. Uh, crackdown is the universal on the DH. No more, uh, you know, if the umpires check the gloves when they come off the mound uh, each inning. And uh, and they're working uh, in tandem to, to decrease strikeouts. And, uh, you know, I can recall um, in a, a World Series game way back and one of the, you know, Bill Mazeroski's home run that won the game for the Yankees in 60. If you go look up the chart of that game, uh, a 10-9 to game that the Pirates win the World Series. No one struck out in that game. Mm. Amazing. And that's a stat that uh, that people don't realize that, you know, they think of the game uh, uh, 
where Bill Moskowski hits the first walk-off home run to win a World Series. But in that particular game, the seventh game in 1960, no one struck out in that game, which comes to mind in that regard. So uh, elsewhere, Jeff, I uh, don't know if uh, uh, we have might have a little something on uh, Coach Desimo. He spoke with the press yesterday, and uh, I know you have uh, uh, I've got- recorded most of the uh, media but it's like you mentioned; it's seventeen minutes. I don't think we can play all seventeen no, but, minutes. No, uh, but why don't we go ahead and hear the first few minutes of it? And, all right. Uh, maybe later, I hear from some of the players. Okay, go ahead. Thank you, Dan. So, always a good time when the Cajuns are in New Orleans. Um, you know, great to be here. I think media day is always fun because it, it's the kickoff of the season, right? Right around the corner when people start talking about football. Um, what an exciting time to be a part of the Sunbelt Conference. Um, you know, having been here, been around this league for a long time, really exciting to see the Sunbelt become a destination for schools where they want to be, um, you know, under the leadership of Commissioner Gill um, and his staff. You know, they put together a great plan to get schools that have football tradition in places where football is important. And um, our conference certainly got better this year with the addition of the four new schools with James Madison, Old Dominion, Southern Miss and Marshall. Um, really excited about the rivalries that it creates, um, the regional matchups. Some of them go back a long time before there ever even was a Sun Belt. So for us, we're excited about it. Um, always a good thing whenever we get to celebrate our student athletes. Um, we've got two of the best that exemplify what the Raging Cajun culture is all about with Andre and Chris. Um, you know, these are guys that came in and did things the right way on and off the field. You know, never forget recruiting. Andre coming in um, doesn't look quite like he does now. Uh, He's a guy that's just worked so hard and become such a great leader, great player for us. And um, he's a testament to work ethic and development. Um, Chris Smith is a guy who went get out of Nanawaya, Mississippi. I can't ever really say it right, but it's close. Uh, You know, and Chris Smith is a small-town guy, do-it-all in high school, multiple-sport athlete. great kid one of those guys you go in the school and people don't stop talking about and um, these guys have certainly not disappointed since they've been here so you got two of the best that represent a really good culture and great leadership on our team me before we take questions from uh, coach Desermo and the student athletes uh, do want to uh, point out for since we do have new people, new teams, new faces in the room. Josh Bruner, raise your hand. Sports Information Director at Louisiana. He's the guy to go to for information about the Raging Cajuns. We'll now take questions for Coach and the student athletes. For those of you in the room, if you have a question, please raise your hand and wait for a microphone to come to you. We also ask you if you would please stand so we could catch you on camera. Please state your name and your media affiliation before you ask your question. And for those of you Listening in on Zoom, please type your questions into the chat, and I'll read those aloud. So first, any questions from the floor? Right back here. Coach, uh, Emmanuel Pappas, Sunbelt Conference. Just wanted to get you to talk about, of course, this is your first full year now uh, as a head coach. What does it mean to you personally uh, to be kind of the next guy in line as far as continuing such a, what's been such a great uh, tradition in Lafayette? Well, you know, it, it means everything to me. Um, I was able to be a part of the last three coaching staffs in some way, shape, or form, from Coach Bustle as a player to Coach Hudspeth on his staff to Coach Napier, certainly. Um, You know, a lot of people spend their whole careers trying to get back home. And for me, I've been so fortunate to be able to do it at my hometown university, my alma mater, 
and um, and a place where you know the last going on seven years now, I've been able to be a part of building it. So it means everything to me. Um, you know these guys that that we've recruited over here that have bought into this program. You know certainly they mean the world to me too. So um, it, it just you know to me it's it's a great experience and something that I'm very grateful for. Kevin Foote, Acadiana Advocate. Coach, if you and then also Andre and Chris talk about the things that maybe we don't notice as fans and media members that go into all the close games y'all have won and all the fourth quarters y'all have dominated over the last two seasons. Well, you know, it's an expectation um, and a confidence that our guys know that they're going to win. And, you know, it, confidence comes from preparation and from the work that you do beforehand. Um, this team is just so close, you know, what people don't know is on the sideline, doesn't matter how good or how bad things get, this team never folds, they never point fingers. We get back to the bench, we fix our own problems, and we wait for the other side of the ball, whichever that may be, to get their th corrections made and to get on track. And, you know, that just comes from the time spent together. And, of course, everyone's got the same amount of time. But the daily work that we do and the diligence in which we do it, you know, our theme for this year has been the differences in the details. And um, I truly believe that those details have made the difference for us in a lot of these close games. And, you know, just to watch these guys operate on the sideline, pick each other up, um, go out there the next play, and, you know, if it's the offense that's struggling a little bit, the defense goes, get a stop, gets a turnover, gets his good field position. You know, if it's the defense that lets one go, offensively go down and respond. So those are the things that, you know, it, it's day-to-day -day stuff. It's kind of hard to put your finger on. But if you're in the building, you see it and you kind of feel it every day. I'll let you guys go ahead with it. I say it's the brotherhood that we create each and every day. After that last game in the fall, and then when spring come around, it's, we're back to work. Everybody get to know everybody. Everybody got to trust the next man beside you. So when you're working with that man beside guess what? You got to trust him. You got to build bonded with him. You got to know what he's doing outside of football so you know he's prepared for when the season comes. Then when summer comes around, guess what? We're back at it, back at it again working. Six o'clock, seven o'clock, it, it don't matter what time it is. Then guess what? When the coaches leave, we're doing extra work. So when the coach is gone, guess what? You've been with your teammates, so... You got, you got to know that the next man beside you is going to give everything he got because if he's not, guess what? It's a mistake. It's like you read an option. If the end don't contain the quarterback and the, uh, the, the cornerback don't contain outside, it's a, it's a bust play, offense wins. So you got to be able to trust the next man beside you and make sure he's ready and prepared. That was Chris Smith. Here's I was, I was Jones. Saying, like, we, we got a close bond on our team. Like, we always stick together. Like, we always remember, like, the coaches coaches up, but, like, when we got out there on the field, like, it's, it's us. So we always stick together. Raymond Parch with the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles. This is for the players and Coach Des. For you guys, you had opportunities. You guys could have left. You decided to come back for another season, play for Coach. Why was that so important, and what are the leadership roles that you guys have taken on to kind of set the tone for the rest of the team and the younger players and Coach just follow up with their leadership qualities? As a uh, hometown, t uh, hometown, hometown kid out of Mississippi, you expect to go play for the, the Southern Miss, the Old Miss, the Mississippi State schools. But when you're in high school and you're giving everything you got, they don't notice you because you're too small, you're not fast enough, you're not big enough, you don't have the qualities to be an SEC player or a Power Five, Power Five kid. 
then when a school like UL come and give you opportunity, you take full advantage of that. It's like you don't want to leave that. You don't want to. You don't want to leave what everybody's giving you. Lafayette is more than football. It's a family. They're gonna feed you. They're gonna take care of you. If you need something, they're gonna give it to you. It's like doing community service. It's not like it's, it's just football. It's giving back to the community because they gave you a chance and you've taken advantage of them. You've been you've been great to them. So why why would you leave something that's been great to you? It's, so it's like it's a great opportunity and. Coach Daz, he's been there for me since 2017, 2018 when I was in junior high school. And you're going to drive five hours and get lost for two or three hours. And guess what? That's an eight-hour trip. You can't find a little small school in Nanaway. You come out there, you're risking it all for a kid like me. And for me to be in the position I am now to be a leader on this team, like, I'm not going to leave that. I'm not going to leave this team behind me. No, they, they need me. They're depending on me. And I can contribute as more just football player as a leader. Because when I sat out that bowl game last year, like, I, I gave it all I could to coach those guys and – let them know that I'm here for them. They need some. I'm going. I'm going to show them that I can help them out. Just not, just by being a coach, other than just being a player. I would say when it comes to this team, it's, it's bigger than football. Like they gave me an opportunity and they changed my life since I've been here. I met, I met some of the greatest people and like the networking and like the loyalty with these people. Like I was like I didn't want to leave. I wanted to come back and help them win another championship. I want to be a part of it, like, to be a part of the community and everything, like, because they changed my life. Like, I've been in some of the places I thought I would never have been with football, and I, they just some of the most loyal people ever. Well, you know, I think when people ask about what makes us special, I think, you know, that answers your question with those guys right there. We'll pause it right there, Tony. But, yeah. Uh, again, a little of yesterday's uh, UL portion of Sunbelt Conference Media Days, and Perhaps more of that later in the show or uh, tomorrow. Yeah, we, we'll have a uh, follow-up, more information on that. And uh, But uh, let's go ahead and take our first break this morning. You're listening to Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240 here on Bayou Sports. We'll be back with more right after this. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadow. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. 
The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there this Thursday for Southern Jack Productions. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for sports. No bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's. The best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer now just $2. Imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. And don't forget, Quarter Tavern now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. At Orsino Ford, we're making it even easier with our Ford Mobile Service Van. For your convenience, we have a mobile service solution for you. You provide the vehicle and I'll handle the rest. Ford Mobile Service. We make it easy at Orsino Ford. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday, July the 28th. Uh, as you were listening uh, earlier to uh, head coach Michael Decimo in his uh, uh, press, press conference, I should say, at the media days over in the Sheraton in New Orleans on Canal Avenue, uh, Canal Street, uh, talking about his Cajuns this year. He brought two of his young men. Uh, I think uh, that's the things uh, most coaches do, bring a, an offensive player and a defensive player, and uh, sure would like to see. Uh, I'm sure they put limits on that. Yeah, they yeah. need to, yeah. And uh, Jones, a fine defensive end, uh, defensive lineman for the Cajuns, along with uh, all-purpose running back and uh, kick return specialist Chris Smith as they join Coach Desmo in uh, New Orleans. And uh, both uh, young men spoke highly of the program and the team and also uh, with, uh, with what yet to come this year. Of course, the Cajuns open up in Cajun Field in September, taking on the Southeastern uh, uh, University of the Lions in uh, a big football game is New Iberia native Frank Selfo. So we got two New Iberia head football coaches. They'll be in Cajun Field uh, come September. Is that the third, I believe? Uh, is that the first Saturday in September? Yes. Uh, September 30, Cajun Field. Uh, so it uh, should be an interesting contest in that regard. Uh, I know uh, I had a chance to speak to Frank Selfo at Southland Conference Media Days last week, and he was kind of excited about that aspect. Uh, again, having known Mike since he was a kid uh, growing up, uh, he, he's looking forward to that game. Yeah, and they know each other, I can assure you. They they know each other, and uh, uh, Frank Selfo oh, probably uh, could be uh, Mike's uh, son with the age difference. But uh, they... Uh, Vice, the vice versa. Yes. And they, they know each other pretty well. So uh, it'll be an interesting contest So uh, in that regard. Of course, the Cajuns uh, have a little more, uh, uh, I guess, firepower, so to speak, with uh, their play. So we'll see how that all comes about. Uh, so looking forward to that game, too. Of course, high school football here right around the corner uh, for us here at Kane Radio as we're finishing up a pocket guide. And we'll have uh, the local high schools, uh, Jeff, as you know, uh, all through that pocket guide here. And uh, hopefully uh, go to print. We'll have that out probably in the next, uh, I'd say, two to three weeks, hopefully. There you go. Anyway, uh, elsewhere in the sporting world, I, I was just looking up. Uh, I try to find different articles and things that come into play. Of course, yesterday we brought about pickleball and found out a lot about pickleball. <laughs> over the- in, in fact, I saw a story this morning. I didn't tag it. Uh, wasn't going to refer to it. But I was amused by it because uh, apparently there was – uh, you know, questions to Drew Brees uh, about pickleball. What, right. He says, just Google it. And that's what <laughs> we did yesterday, uh, basically, to uh, find out some of the rules, uh, found out about the kitchen. Of course, your buddy Wayne yeah. helped us out uh, quite a bit as well. Yeah, uh, a phenom in pickleball. So we want to thank him for that. Educate us up a little bit. 
and all. But mostly it's a, a four-person game, just like doubles in tennis, and uh, a little smaller venue to play on and uh, some rules to follow. But uh, in all, it, it mimics tennis, uh, tennis, I should say, in that regard. So we'll see uh, uh, as uh, we talk about it. Uh, and it's caught on pretty quickly here in this area, too, along uh, the Broussard, Youngsville, New Iberia. So we'll see how teams go. But what I was looking at, I just I don't know why I bring this up, but I think it's sports. And you know, I was looking, there have been 23 perfect games pitched in Major League Baseball uh, since the beginning of the uh, 20th century. And of that, there are seven teams that have never been involved. Of the 30 Major League teams, seven of them have never been involved in a perfect game. And those are... The, well, the, originally the two St. Louis teams, the Browns and the Cardinals. Of course, the Browns in the mid-50s moved to Baltimore, and they're the Orioles, and they've never been involved in a perfect game, along with the Royals, the Padres, the Rockies, the Pirates, the Brewers, have never been involved in a perfect game. Interesting. Three of those uh, you mentioned from the 69 expansion. That's right. That's right. And you wonder if that comes into play. And the team that's been in the most uh, perfect games – would you believe be the White Sox and the Dodgers? They've been in uh, each. We're in uh, four perfect games. Uh, next in line with the Yankees and the A's. Of course, the A's. People don't realize the Oakland A's originated out of uh, Philadelphia with Connie Mc- Cornelius McGillicuddy. Which uh, he shortened his name to Connie Mac. I think he was the last manager in the major leagues to wear a suit and not a uniform. Along with it was a, a manager with the Dodgers back in the late 40s after Leo DeRocha was fined or kicked out the league or suspended. And uh, there was a coach that took his place and wore a suit in the dugout, uh, but rarely in that regard. But uh, I found it interesting, you know, that uh, all the other teams have been involved or maybe not their pitcher pitched the perfect game, but we're in the game that the perfect game was pitched. Mm. So it's just a, it was pretty interesting, too. And, uh, and of course, in my opinion, the greatest uh, pitch perfect game was Don Lawson in the in the '56 World Series, where he, in Game Five, where he shut out the Dodgers, uh, and uh, of course, the infamous Yogi Berra jumping to his arms at the end of the game. Uh, that that uh, video has been seen countless times uh, by most Americans. So, uh, just a little tidbit there uh, in that regard, uh, 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 Jeff. Uh, but. Uh, Going back, uh, Coach Desmo has his work cut out for him this year. Uh, of course, they open up with Southeastern, trying to pull up the Raging Cajun schedule right now. Uh, and uh, being in the Western Division, I think they received the majority of the votes in, in that uh, forecast to uh, win the West side. Of course, Appalachian State on the other side. Uh, Coach Desmo's got to figure out who's going to be a starting quarterback after losing Levi Lewis uh, this year. And uh, Levi, uh, I think, was an undrafted free agent up in uh, Seattle. Don't know if he's still there. I I thought maybe he might have gotten cut over the summer. Uh, Not sure about that. But uh, Levi Lewis, uh, uh, just about a four-year starter. He played uh, pretty much uh, with the Cajuns. uh, Started his final three years there uh with the Cajuns and uh Levi uh just I'm gonna Google him real quickly. Uh but but I, while you do that, um you know the question came up uh to Michael and okay. you know, had we played it a little bit longer, you know, the question was who is the next Levi or the new Levi? And that's a tough one because of oh, COVID yeah. the extra year, I, I mean it's pretty rare you get a five year player who uh competed as well as he did for most of those uh, years, but uh, <clears throat> quoting uh, what 
Levi's done for our, this is Coach Desermo, what right. Levi's done for our football team the past two years is nothing short of phenomenal. When you start breaking records of guys like Jake DeLome, that says quite a bit. The theme for us this year is opportunity. We've recruited very well. We've signed good players. The quarterback room, certainly no exception. There's a lot of really talented kids in there, a bunch of guys in the future that are going to be really good players. Uh, of course, the two most likely candidates, Richard sophomore Chandler Fields and Fresno State transfer Ben Woldridge. Uh, and again, quoting Coach Desermo, leadership qualities are there. The work ethic is there. They're both really talented. Talented. Says there's nothing wrong with competition at any position. If you've got more competition, it makes you better. We'll find ways to get them the reps that they need. But I feel really good about those guys. Whoever wins the job, they're going to allow us to go out there and be what we want to be. Yeah, uh, just a tremendous player, too. Played at Scotlandville High School, uh, which is enough said. They've won enough state championships in the last few years. So come from a winning program, played with the Cajuns. And uh, he's the school's all-time leader in passing touchdowns with 74. Um, of course, they list him at 5'10". I'm not sure if that's uh, cheating a little bit on that regard, uh, 184 pounds. But uh, he was signed by Seattle in the offseason, and uh, I'm not sure if he's still on the practice squad. They, this article here mentions that he's an, a free agent, so maybe uh, he's not necessarily on the uh, uh, Seattle team right now doing uh, preseason uh, drills and camps and all. But uh, he had a phenomenal career. At, uh, he appeared in four games as a, a freshman, and uh, in his sophomore season, we would play in all 14 games, throw for seven touchdowns, two interceptions, whatever, breakout years, junior season, with uh, 26 touchdowns, four interceptions, threw for 3,000 yards, uh, also rushed for three more scores, and uh, he just uh, was a phenomenal athlete. His occasions go 11-3 and three his sophomore year. In 2020, he throws for 19s with seven interceptions. Uh, so he just uh, he just did a phenomenal job for the Cajuns as he led them over Ohio State, Ohio State, Iowa State, excuse me, and uh, in the first uh, ranked team since beating A&M in 96. So uh, he threw for only 2,600 yards, 20 touchdowns, but it was enough to break Jake DeLone's school record. So, uh, and after losing to Texas in the first week of last year, he led the Cajuns to 13 straight uh, uh, games, and uh, they won the Sun Bowl, I uh, should say, the Sun Belt uh, Conference Championship with a win over in the New Orleans Bowl against Marshall after leading uh, them to a fourth-quarter comeback. He was the game's MVP. So uh, we'll see how uh, what's on the schedule for him. He signed with the Seahawks as an undrafted free agent on April 30th, and he was released on yeah. May 20th. Yeah, so. I was going to say late, mid to late May. Um, and, again, as teams work through training camp, you know, some needs are going to be discovered and injuries are going to occur. Uh, so I don't think it's over for Levi. Obviously, it's not looking great, but there's other football opportunities he may be able to find himself in, uh, especially with these, uh, I'm going to call them developmental uh, football spring leagues. So. Yeah, you know, he could also journey to Canada. And, I mean, that type of league is right up his alley with the run-throw quarterbacks. You know, there's no punting on fourth down in Canada because you don't have one. It's uh, first <laughs> down, second down, third down. It either you go for it or you punt on third down. 
So uh, he might be, uh, and you can make a little more money up in Canada, but they have restrictions. They only allow so many American football right. players on each team. But Doug Flutie uh, had a successful career up in uh, and, Canada. And a local boy uh, do yeah. very well, too. Gary yeah. Joseph. That's right. That's right. So uh, there's opportunities there, and it's more money to be made. And who knows with regards to the XFL, the USFL, if he might be an opportunist uh, to play in one of those leagues. But that starts uh, next spring. So with that. So anyway, we'll see how Levi does. Uh, don't know if we'll have – we'll have a little bit more on uh, Mike Desimo. uh Head football coach at UL, New Iberian native, uh, in the in the shows to come. So, uh, with that, let's let's go ahead and take our uh, second break this morning. You're listening to Kane uh, Radio FM 107.5 and uh, AM 12:40 and Bayou Sports. We'll be back with more right after this. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there this Thursday for Southern Jack Productions. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for sports. No bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's. The best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer now just $2. Imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. And don't forget, Quarter Tavern now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Hi, this is Boxcar Bajlow, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kane Road, and Sugar Oaks. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Dream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here, FM 107.5 AM 1240 for Bayou Sports. And um, update some Saint news here. Uh, Jameis Winston, it was all smiles yesterday. He's back on the practice field for the Saints after tearing up his knee in a game in the uh, Caesars uh, Superdome. So uh, 
And Michael Thomas also was joining him. Uh, uh, Alvin Kamara was out there, too. Uh, Taysom Hill, uh, as well as all the newcomers. And uh, Jarvis Landry and first-rounder Chris Olivav. Uh, uh, simply put, training camp uh, is the first one for the Dennis Allen era and couldn't have gotten any off to a better start. And, uh, of course, it was good to see everybody out there, if you're a Saints fan, to see these guys start practicing uh and Wilson, uh, Winston, I should say, being there didn't come as a surprise. Uh, he's been with the team doing the OTAs and minicamp in May and June. And noticeable limp he had back then was gone. And that's a sign of progress. So he's made uh, he's made the injury, uh, which took place on Halloween against his former team, uh, Tampa Bay. Left as a knee uh, has gotten better since we last saw him. So uh, in that regard, this is Winston's team now, folks. Uh, so with Drew Brees being gone, uh, this will be the second year he'll be out of uh, uh, the Saints realm. Uh, this of course, time, of course, this time last year he was not the clear number one. That's correct. Too. And so this year it'll be interesting to see what his preparation is uh, and and the opportunities he gets during training camp as the noted number one. That's as noted number one. You're right. So I'm sure Andy Dalton uh, is going to push him and that's what the Saints need. Uh, of course last year was Tyson Hill battling in camp and made case for the starting job but instead we watched Winston wearing the red jersey throwing passes to Hill who is now wearing a white jersey as he works primarily uh, with the tight ends. So he's still that's Army Swiss knife. Oh, you yeah. know he can you can put him anywhere. I, I just don't think he's going to be running down the field on, uh, I don't see, on specialty teams making tackles. I, I, you know, his age is starting to creep in, too. Uh, he's got to be in his early 30s. So uh, don't see too many special teamers. Anyway, uh, anyway, we'll see what uh, Winston. Uh, he, was, he was sharp Wednesday with his only uh, incompletion uh, during team drills uh, being dropped by Kevin White. Of course, it was Winston's first time in 11-11 drills since his injury. He didn't participate in those drills during the OTAs in minicamp, but uh, it appears he has removed the training wheels <laughs> off his rehab, so that's a good sign. Of course, we all felt, too, that uh, in his first few games under uh, Sean Payton that they kind of had, uh, you know, they kind of had uh, him in a noose, uh, or I should say on a leash, and uh, not allowing it maybe just to uh, be a, uh, a gunner, but uh, he did a good job for the Saints. Uh, one, they were five and two in the first yeah. seven games. So, uh, you know, beat Green Bay. It still it, uh, it must have been a, a, a phenomena how they beat the Packers uh, handily that uh, game, and uh, and that game was played in Jacksonville, if my memory Correct. serves that me correct. After Hurricane Ida, and the Saints uh, could not host that opener, and Green Bay uh, traveled to Jacksonville along with the Saints. Uh, don't know if that affected um, the Packers at all. You'd think it would have been an advantage for them, but obviously they didn't take advantage of the advantage if, that is correct. if there was one. You're right. Uh, anyway, in Wednesday's practice yesterday, he got a chance to add two more weapons uh, with Thomas and Hill, both uh, of those two, like Winston, are bouncing back from injuries and all. And uh, uh, Tyson and Mike T did an incredible job, they say, rehabbing uh, the tails off to get out here on time. So, uh, you know, the Saints put uh, uh, Thomas on the pup list, and uh, I think for him to play, be effective in the first game, he's got to be off that list. So we'll see how his training goes in camp uh, in the following weeks. Uh, of course, the Saints don't open the season until September and uh, we'll see how that all plays in with the preseason games and all, which is three. Uh, so, um, 
interesting news on the Saints in their camp. So uh, we'll see how the new uh, with Jarvis Landry and uh, uh, the uh, also the draftee, the number one draftee out of Ohio State, and along with uh, Pennington, the tackle. We'll see. We'll keep an eye out for that to see how that's all going to come into play. But uh, anyway, he look. Uh, they say Winston looks sharp with these new receivers and all. So. Uh, and Dennis Allen, uh, relatively short practice covering about 90 minutes on the outdoor fields at the, on Airline Drive. So, uh, anyway, just uh, looking up more information, uh, of course, Marcus Davenport still on the pup list. And uh, some of the other players with non-football injuries, Shahid, uh, Rashid Shahid. Uh, Tyron Matthew was uh, excused. He had, uh, I think, a family issue. Uh, we'd like to know maybe uh, if that's going to come out. What was the issue? Not sure. Ho- hopefully nothing too serious, but obviously serious enough for him to have to deal with it. Yeah, for, missed the first day of practice. So, Also, Pete Werner, the uh, fine linebacker out of Ohio State, also was out of practice. Uh, Werner was present for practice, but he was working off the side to an undisclosed injury. Uh, Coach uh, Allen declined to offer what the specifics were on the injury after practice, but the coach did say he's hopeful Warner would not miss much time. Uh, Running back uh, Devine Ozabiagobo, is that it? (laughs) It's it's Ozigbo, briefly left practice after uh, colliding with linebacker Andrew Dow during team drills, but returned to make a nice catch and run. Several players uh, who did not participate in the Saints' organized team activities. Many camp this offseason were out on the practice field, and that included Hill, Marcus May, who's a new uh, player coming into New Orleans, and Peyton Turner, the defensive end uh, out of Houston that the Saints' number one pick two years ago. But And, uh, of course, Michael Thomas was there, so uh, he and his teammates. So we'll see how that's all going to wrap up. Uh, as they mentioned, he was sharp. Winston was sharp. And only uh, had one ball dropped on him, uh, completed um, all of his passes in the 11-11 drill. So um, interesting observations. We'll have more on the Saints uh, in that regard, Jeff. So we'll see what takes place. Yeah, Saints back at it today. Closed session today, beginning in about an hour. So uh, might have some news on it, I would imagine, by tomorrow morning. Uh, That and uh, also maybe a little bit more with Coach Desimo over in his media days as – uh, and reporters uh, branch out and get their stories out through the uh, local papers. So, anyway, uh, a lot of football right around the corner, folks, uh, for you uh, football widows. Uh, football season is right there. <laughs> a week from tonight to the first preseason game, and then uh, not for the Saints, but uh, the Hall of Fame game in Canton uh, a week from tonight, and then the first uh, preseason game for the Saints uh, the following Friday, I believe. And then the disappointment sets in because you remember after the excitement getting looking forward to the start of the preseason, then you realize how lame those games are, and you just can't wait for the first uh, Sunday after Labor Day. Yeah, the the first preseason game, the Hall of Fame game over in Benson Field, is going to take place on the 4th of August. That's a Thursday night at 7 o'clock, and uh, the 3-14 and 14 Jacksonville Jags taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. At ten and seven, so uh, that game uh, will start uh, effectively the football season. Las Vegas is a two-point pick in that game, and over and under is thirty-three. So uh, we'll see how that's all going to play out as uh, football season's right around the corner too. And uh, you know, Jeff, we probably need to get uh, some of our local high school coaches on the air to talk about their teams and uh, what their view their season's going to look like and. Uh, 
Should be in a, a good year in the area, too. Uh, we had uh, certainly a lot of to build on. Oh, yeah. Meaning out one state champion, Lorville. A little disappointing postseason, but what a great regular season and that first-round win. But, uh, again, the opportunity for uh, Lorville to build on. Uh, of course, they have to rebuild to some degree, losing the Twins. But uh, certainly, uh, Nish can only improve upon last year's oh, yeah. season. Uh, there's some hope in Delcom after Artie Lyos has made some improvements over there. Generet going down to Class A ball. Uh, hopefully, that gives them a better opportunity to compete. Uh, and, you know, Rick Hudson at Highland, hopefully, uh, he'll be able to amass uh, those troops as well. Yep. Uh, I think we have a caller on the line. I do believe so. Two minutes till. Hi, you're on Bayou Sports. Good morning, Mr. Ball. Neil, how are you? Well, good morning, Neil. <laughs> hey. No, I'm just I'm I'm actually getting ready to go to Louisville's photo day, but I got a, I got I got Tony's trivia question of the day for him. Okay, well, far you away. Were talk, you were talking about 1960 World Series. Yes. How bad did the Yankees outscore the Pirates in that series? You ready? Fifty-five twenty-seven. Oh ho 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 ho! Thought I'd, I thought I'd sneak one by, but I can't. I guess I can't sneak anything Yankees by you. That, that's pretty impressive. Two to one. Yeah, it was. I mean, uh, Whitey Ford uh, had two shutouts in that game, and the, the Yankee faithful were all over Casey Stingle because they didn't throw him in the first game, and he was rested because the Yankees had clinched the pennant uh, uh, weeks ahead. And <laughs> Yogi, I mean, uh, uh, Stingle throws Whitey Ford in the second game in a shutout. The Pirates win the first game, I think, uh, five to three. Uh, and uh, the the White Ford comes back to beat them ten nothing, I think twelve nothing, or something similar. And the Yankees also beat them, I think sixteen to three, one game. And the Pirates, of course, win that ten nine game. And I think there was another four to three game that the uh, Pirates won. And uh, just uh, amazing though that the how the dominant the Yankees were. And you, you can still see if you have a. a uh, a video you go to video and pick up some of those games on that uh i know i was i was uh, uh watching the uh i had somebody with uh, the world series on with uh that 60 world series with uh the youtube you can catch that all on youtube neil but 55 27 i remember that distinctly and i i was a kid growing up but i remember trying to hustle home from school to catch the games they were playing in new york in pittsburgh and that's eastern time zone and they'd start the games at noon and by 2 30 they were over and we get out of school at three fifteen or so, and we'd miss the games. Just, just one more thing. I'm kind of curious. You wouldn't. You, maybe you would know. Before we, before everyone went to TV and everyone played night games. What time did the Yankees play their day games? Usually one o'clock their time. Usually one o'clock their time. Okay. Their time. So then two o'clock. Believe believe oh, it or not, twelve, 12 o'clock I was, our I was, time. I was looking at an old, old episode of I Love Lucy, and they were talking about going to a Yankees game that af- that afternoon. Yeah, I remember that. Struck I me. remember that. Uh, Bob, uh, 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 William Frawley, uh, I think, was the one. He was on the in a telephone booth talking about going to the game. <laughs> and it just always struck me. Okay, well, what time? What what time would they have played? Because yeah, they had lights, but there was never really any TV back then. So. Well, I think I think the Yankees had uh, some television back in the in day. In the late fifties, probably. Yeah, they, they, they some First of the local stations. Nineteen sixty. Yeah, the local stations. You know, the big thing I remember watching, stayed up to watch. Uh, Bing Crosby was a part owner of the Pirates back in the day, and Bob Hope, believe it or not, owned part of the Indians. 
And when the Crosby was was at the games watching, and he had to go to Europe for something, maybe to film a movie or whatever, and he had a kaleidoscope done of the game so he could watch it when he got back from Europe. And they lost that film, and uh, I think ESPN or somebody found it in Crosby's uh, locker or basement or something, and they put it on ESPN to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Pirates winning the World Series and Bob Costas hosted it along with Bill Verde, Dick Grove, Bobby Richardson represented the uh, Yankees, and it, it was pretty neat. And I think that's on YouTube also. And uh, it uh, went to the game and the seventh game and all. And it was really uh, pretty neat that Bing Crosby had uh, kaleidoscope that game in black and white. And Bob Prince and Mel Allen did the uh, the broadcast on television that day. The Pirate and the Yankee announcer, pretty Got neat. It. Pretty got, neat. Got, got to do the Mel Allen. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and Phil Rizzuto anyway, was but, his sidekick too. But I'm I'm head. I'm I did Calicott's photo day yesterday. I'm doing Laurelville's today, so I should pretty much know what everyone's got by the time okay. things run around. So I may give you all a call and give you all the uh, Neil McClellan, you know, official uh, prediction. Okay. Or uh, yeah. Analysis of uh, what he thought of each team. Analysis of what you <laughs> see of each team. So. We appreciate that. That'd be pretty nice, Neil. I appreciate all your right. call, too. We'll, we'll talk to you all later. All, all righty. Right. Thank you, Neil. Anyway, of course, uh, Neil, a string writer for the uh, Lila Local uh uh, publications here in the area, so it does a good job of that for uh, for high school football here in this area. Yeah, no doubt. Anyway, Jeff, uh, about ready for our, our next break, a uh, little after the hour of 8, so uh, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more Bayou Sports and Today in Sports History right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s where opportunities are created, not waited on. That's the Danos difference. I've been here for 23 years. The opportunity for advancement within Danos was pretty evident early on in my career. They give you a lot of tools and training in order to learn the oil field industry. It's been an excellent ride for me. Join the team that does it different at danos.com. That's D-A-N-O-S.com. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answer to pain.com. At Arsenal Ford, we're making it even easier with our Ford Mobile Service Van. For your convenience, we have a mobile service solution for you. You provide the vehicle and I'll handle the rest. Ford Mobile Service. We make it easy at Arsenal Ford. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Louisiana. 
purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to uh, Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Uh, in that regard, I was trying to just... Uh, assert what I mentioned to uh, Neil that uh, Yankee games usually started around 1 o'clock in the afternoon, maybe one fifteen. But uh, in those games, people don't realize the games back then were so much quicker. In two and a half hours, usually they were over with by the end of a nine-inning game. But today, due to television commercials on radio and everything else, that uh, those games sometimes stretch past the three-hour limit and even uh, pushing four hours in some instances. Yeah, and there's a lot more pitching changes now. Uh, um, a lot of lineup changes that uh, they didn't have back uh, in the 40s, 50s, uh, 60s. Yeah, and what other gripe I have with Major League Baseball, which costs a lot of time, is those guys stepping out of the batter's box so they can tighten their batting gloves on every pitch. So uh, that's a big faux pas I have with uh, Major League Baseball. I, I don't think they should be able to wear gloves. Just put your hands in the dirt and let's go. Uh, that's that's I like those ball players that play like that. Anyway, today in sports history, July twenty eighth in nineteen thirty one, the White Sox score eleven runs in the eighth inning to beat the Yankees fourteen to twelve. So they were down at least uh, uh, twelve to three, and they come back to score eleven runs to beat the Yanks. So uh, nineteen thirty one. Meanwhile, in thirty three, the NFL divides into two five team divisions, and I forgot I wanted to look up. Uh, those divisions, I'm sorry, it, uh, I didn't see it, but I'm sure the Bears, the Giants, the Eagles, the Steelers, uh, I'm not sure if the Colts were in there. Detroit. Then, yeah, Detroit would have been there. Uh, Green Bay. Uh, how about uh, anybody else up east? What uh, year was that? Uh, 33. Oh, gosh. Okay. So there were 10 teams basically in the NFL back then. Uh, the Chicago Cardinals might have been another one. Uh, along with the uh, Bears up in Chicago, the Packers, uh, just with the Lions, as you mentioned. Uh, uh, I'm going around uh, the, the the circle, uh, the Giants uh, in New York, the football Giants, the Eagles, the Steelers, uh, the Redskins. Redskins, uh, yeah, 32, a, came about in 32. That, that's right. So it uh, seemed like we're missing a team here and there. But uh, anyway, in 57, the White Sox, Jim Landis, struck out five times in a game. You know, you got the golden sombrero, what's that, uh, four times? I don't know mm-hmm. if they have an answer for that, striking out five times in the game. We mentioned this yesterday, 1972, the 39th annual NFL Chicago All-Star game as the Dallas Cowboys beat the uh, All-Stars uh, 20 to 7. That was Dallas's first uh, NFL championship. Uh, they won in O2 Lane Stadium. Coldest day in the NFL, and you could look that up on a Super Bowl game. And it was sunshiny, but the weather was like 37 degrees in O2 Lane Stadium. 1984, the 23rd Modern Olympics Games get opened in Los Angeles. Remember the Russians boycotted because Americans didn't go at 80. So uh, it was uh, back then. Anyway, 1985, Lou Brock, Enos uh, the Country Slaughter, Arky Vaughn, and Hoyt Wilhelm inducted into Baseball's Hall of Fame. Of course, uh, everybody's familiar with Lou Brock, the Southern graduate or Southern uh, alum, I should say. Uh, Country Slaughter with his famous dash around uh, to home plate in the 46 World Series. Arky Vaughn was a fine shortstop with the Pirates and later the Dodgers. Sat out three years because he got in a beef with Leo DeRocher when he was with the Dodgers. Came back to play in 46 
through 48. And Hoyt Wilhelm missed a knuckleball himself. 1989, Dale Murphy hits two three-run homers in an inning, and the 14th man to hit two, two homers in an inning in Major League Baseball also ties a record with six RBIs in an inning. Of course, Fernando Tatis dropped that as he hit two grand slams in the inning and eight RBIs. 1989, Vince Coleman finally caught stealing after 50 straight games of stealing a base. 1991, Dennis Martinez pitches the 13th perfect game in baseball history. Talked a little bit about that earlier. 1993, Mariner King Griffey Jr. is the third to hit homers in eight straight games. He said Dennis Martinez? Yes. Who did he do it with? Because uh, Mont- Ma- I want to say he was yeah. with Montreal. Then. That's right. That's right. They called him El Presidente. Yeah, you mentioned Baltimore. He's never been involved in a perfect game. That's right. I think of Dennis Martinez more with the Orioles for whatever reason. Yeah, his perfect game came on July 28, 1991. And I'm reading this, so people don't think I'm memorizing this. El Presidente uh, with the Expos. Uh, you know, he four years later, he got a minor league deal with the Expos. He was the first Nicaraguan to make it to the big leagues and become the first player born outside the U.S. to throw a perfect game. It meant so much to him after celebrating on the field with teammates. Martinez made it back to the Montreal dugout and collapsed in tears. So mm. uh, just a fine player, too, for baseball. 1994, the baseball players decide to strike on August the 12th in '94. And did they? The only time in 100 years the World Series was not played. Yeah, brutal. Yeah, very. Base, uh, birthdays today, 1943. Bill Bradley, the Rhodes Scholar and Hall of Fame forward, uh, won two NBA championships with the Knicks in 70 and 73, an NBA All-Star with the Knicks, and a politician was a Democratic senator uh, from New Jersey uh, from 79 to 97, born in Crystal City, Missouri. I don't have a clue where Crystal City, Missouri is in Missouri. Anyway, 1947, Barbara Farrell, American uh, sprinter, Olympic gold medalist in 68, born in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And I went and looked her up a little bit, and she was a fine athlete running sprints uh, in college uh, up in Tennessee State, I do believe. Anyway, 1951, Doug Collins, born on this day. Of course, American basketball shooting guard, NBA all-star. And also made those two big free throws. I thought we were going to beat the Russians in the 72 Olympics. But uh, they gave the Russians three tries <laughs> to score. And they scored finally on that final try to top the Americans. The first time the Americans had lost a basketball game in the Olympics in the history of uh, uh, Olympic basketball beginning back in 36. I'm certain Doug Collins has not gotten over that loss in oh, 50 I'm, years. You know, the second place silver medal still stay in a vault in Switzerland somewhere. Uh, they, the American uh, team uh, that year did not even accept their second-place medals and didn't show up for the ceremonies either as they presented their gold medals to the Russian uh, team uh, that uh, afternoon. But four years later, they thought they'd get their revenge, but the Russians got beat by the Yugoslavs, and the Americans take on the Yugoslavs, win the gold medal in the 76 Olympics. I was at that game, and that's the reason why I know it. Anyway, the quote of the day, Greg Nettles. We've got a problem here. Louis Tiant wants to use the bathroom, and it says above the toilet, no foreign objects on this toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, Tiant being from Cuba, the satire here was with Nettles' comment. So, uh, anyway, uh, LT, uh, Louis. Did he play with the Yankees at some point? He, he, late in his career, I okay. think he did. I was going to say, because it made his career in Boston. That's right. He sure did. And I want to say he pitched with the Indians of Minnesota for a little while, too, maybe early in his career. But Louis Tiant, uh, uh, what a fine player for the Red Sox back in the day. 
Anyway, Jeff, uh, that's it with uh, sports history today here on Kane Radio, uh, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Don't know if you might have a couple interesting articles to wrap up our show with. No, but why don't you give us a uh, tease uh, tomorrow's fishing and hunting show. Yeah, yeah. we've got uh, some information. Uh, they're catching fish right now out in the Gulf. So, uh, And my man Ricky Watkins, uh, you know, he's forgot more about fishing than I know. He's, uh, he's had a lot of success over in uh, in the Sherrington area catching fish, he's sending me pictures. It seems like every other day with him hitting his limits, and uh, it's pretty impressive the fish he's catching. So I keep telling him when's a fish fry in that regard. So uh, oh, we'll have some interesting information back on that and uh, what's working for him in these last few days, and uh, also the 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 Louisiana uh, Redfish tournament uh, continues. Uh, they moved it from uh, last saturday to this uh saturday so if you want to participate in that tournament you need to get out there quit tanner landing pretty early in the morning and register before a qu- around a quarter to six if you want to fish in that tournament so uh, they've got one more left before their big payday and payoff so uh anyway uh, a lot going on in fishing and hunting and some new hunting rules and regulations are out on the uh, website of the louisiana department of wildlife and fisheries so anyway pretty much it jeff we'll have uh, a little bit more on mike desimo if you're exactly. able to look into it and see other comments he makes about his team in regards to his schedule coming up uh, the fall yeah absolutely again the um fishing show kicking things off uh, right after the obituary notices and then Bayou Sports at about 7.45. I want to thank our sponsors, Bayou Sports, brought to us in part by the Headache and Pain Center, as well as Schwing Insurance, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, the Quarter Tavern, L.A. Classic Roofing, and Arsenal Ford. Appreciate their support of Bayou Sports. Uh, just a few seconds away from quarter after, news is up next, brought to us by David Funeral Homes, and then Lee Kay uh, carries the torch of the Breakfast Club after that. You're listening to KANE 1240 AM and K298CQ 107.5 FM, New Iberia. The 